Hello, 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 and welcome to the Wife Up podcast and YouTube channel. I am so grateful that you guys are here. How's everybody doing? I pray that you are having an amazing Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, uh, March the 16th, 2021, which is so surprising to me how fast this year is going by already. And I pray that everyone is having an amazing year, and I pray that you're having an amazing marriage. So my name is Dietra. I am your host. And today's topic is called, Where is my wife at? Where's my wife at? Okay. Uh, Before we really get into that, I always like to start with a little bit of a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person that is listening, God, for the wives that are listening, for the future wives that are listening, for the husbands that are now listening. Um, I am so grateful for each and every single one of them, Lord. I ask that you bless their marriages, Lord. I ask that you uh, show them where their marriages may be weak and how to build it up so they can have the strongest marriages that they can possibly have, God, not just for them, but for their legacy, Lord. Um, You put us here to be in communion with one another. You put us here to be um, married to our spouses, Lord, and we can have amazing marriages as long as we depend on you 100% in and throughout our marriages. And so we just love you for this. We love you for this opportunity. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys. Um, the topic is, where's my wife at? And so I was thinking about this um, in my last podcast, I said that I was probably going to do an episode called Where's My Wife At? And this came to my mind because I really feel that when you set out on this journey of wifing up, when you set out on this journey and say, you know what, I'm not doing wifing the worldly way anymore. I'm going to do it the way that God has called me to do it. If you do make those strides and changes and let God live through you, your husband's going to be like, hold up, who is this person? Where's my wife at? Like, where's this old version of the wife that I had? I'm confused who this person is. He's liking it, but he's confused because he's like, my wife never used to be like this, but now she's like incredible. You know what I mean? And so I was thinking about that and I thought, I want to do a podcast on that because this is who I strive to be. This is who, whenever I'm coaching, I coach wives to strive to be. And it takes work, but it's so worth it in the end. It's not hard. It just takes work. And with the guidance of Jesus, you know what I mean? With the Holy Spirit there just guiding you, listen, listen, things will change uh, chains will be broken. Old way of doing things will fall off. Like you just become this new creature in Christ and your marriage girl. (gasps) Are you the wife that's chasing after God? Which wife are you? Which version of a wife are you currently like right now? Um, are you a wife that is struggling within your marriage? Um, are you allowing Jesus to display display his love through you or is the enemy winning this battle? So when I think about that, right, because honestly, there's one way or the other. If you are a Christian wife and you are raising your hand to say that you are a Christian, then there's a certain way, a certain standard, a certain um, attitude, um, mantra that you should have. And 
a lot of times that's not the case, right? We raise our hands and say we're Christian, but we're doing so much worldly stuff that the two don't really match. The versions of Christian women that I've been shown and that I actually myself have shown people prior to me figuring this out, oh my gosh. Listen, my husband now, but prior to that, we had a baby out of wedlock. We weren't technically living together, but we were living together. I did this in front of my children, all the while raising my hand saying, I'm a Christian. We need to, uh, we need to change some things. Christianity isn't about being perfect, but if you're raising your hand and saying that you're a Christian, it should also mean that you are living your life for Christ. And there is a big difference between what I see people doing and raising their hands and saying they're a Christian versus the way people ought to be living, the way that Jesus is calling us to live, you know, how we are following behind him, chasing behind him, and we're actually honoring what it says in the Bible for us to do. I, listen, I was one of the, I'm ashamed of my behavior. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I'm ashamed of the things that I used to do and still call myself a Christian. You know, people get caught up in like, well, no, then you're trying to say you're perfect. No, 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 no. Don't get caught up in that. That's, that's, that's world. That's, that's, that's the enemy. It does not say that you have to be perfect to be a Christian. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is saying that you're a Christian and deliberately living in sin. There's those two things don't mix. And that's what I was doing. I was living in sin with my baby daddy. Uh, we had, like I said, we had a baby out of wedlock um, and I was still raising my hand. I wanted my kids to know, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in, I believe in God. We're going to say prayers. And also they knew that the way I was living wasn't my goal. Like my end goal was to get out of that, you know, and I wanted to be married and I didn't want to live in sin anymore. You know what I mean? Like that was always the goal. Um, but in between, this is what I was doing. And not only that, I showed our nieces, you know, and nephews that that's okay. You don't realize who's watching you. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this um, podcast, but you don't realize who's watching you, what you're doing. And it, they'll be like, oh, well, um, Auntie Dietra and Uncle Rob live together. So they're good right now. They're good, good. You know what I mean? They're happy. They're thriving. God is blessing them. But what they don't know is what happened when I let the enemy in. And I'll do another podcast for that. There's consequences. The wages of sin is death. That's a real thing. And it might not be death like you're going to die tomorrow. No, it might be death of something. Relationships. That was that was what happened, you know? And so, like I said, I'll go over that in another episode. But let's get back whew, to where, where my wife's at. So even me being married to my husband, after we got married, I still, you know, I was like one foot in the door, one foot out. Like I got my foot over here in church and I have my foot over here in the world. And so I you know, talked about God a lot, but my actions still, there were some things that I was doing that contradicted what I was saying. And just even the way that I treated my husband and the way I talked to him and my attitude and you ain't gonna, you know, this whole Brooklyn thing, I'm pointing to my shirt for those of you on the podcast. Um, you know, this whole attitude right here, like, oh no, sir, this is what we're not going to do. Like I, 
Mm. I had to unlearn some things because it was causing us to clash. My husband needed a wife, a Christian wife, to show up. Not just say I'm a Christian on paper. No, my actions had to align with what I was saying. And that's where a lot of marriages go wrong. Christian marriages. So let's get into it. As I mentioned before in my last podcast, your husband should be saying, your husband, (laughs) your husband should be saying, where's my wife at? And what I mean by that is that your husband is already used to the old version of you. Now, let me preface that by saying that this isn't every marriage. If you are happily married and your husband is happily married to you, hint, you both have to be happy in your marriage in order to call it a happy marriage. Just FYI, because sometimes people are like, I'm happy, I'm good. And the husband's like, help me, help. Okay. Uh, believe it or not, there are some marriages where one spouse considers themselves happy, but the spouse is miserable in the marriage. So that is what I mean when I say, if you are happily married and your spouse is too, then this advice might not be for you. But for the rest of us, There's a version of you that your husband has seen over the course of your marriage. Whether you have been married for three weeks, three months, three years, or 30 years, you have been pretty consistent in who you believe you should be as a wife. And where did you learn how to be a wife? Who taught you how to be a wife? Did you learn how to be a wife from your mother, grandmother, auntie, cousin, next door neighbor? Did you have a positive role model that poured into you and showed you how to be the best wife for your husband? Who taught you? Believe it or not, someone taught you something. If it wasn't your mom, then you picked up bits and pieces along the way of what to do and what not to do. Was your role model a celebrity or a social media influencer that only show people what they want people to see? Before getting married, before getting married, did you wife create a mission statement for your marriage of how you were going to wife? Yes, I use the word wife as a verb. Um, You might be thinking, no, I didn't create a mission statement. But the truth of the matter is you did. Your mission statement was what you said in your vows. Oh, and your mission statement takes on a special meaning if you created your own vows. I such and such vow to love such and such for the rest of my life. I'm going to honor him, obey him. All the things that you wrote out and said or repeated. It's one thing to repeat after what the pastor prompts you to say. You're still held accountable. But it's a whole nother thing to take the time to write out how you are going to love this man for the rest of your days. Are you honoring of your vows? So here's what happens. We all enter into our marriages with the right intentions. We do. After all, we're marrying our boo right? The love of our life, our bae, our best friend, for some, our baby daddies. We are about to marry the man that we said we want to spend the rest of our lives with. We get married and are so in love and life is great. We are doing life with our best friends. What could possibly go wrong? For many marriages, the dust settles, or as they say, the honeymoon is over. Enter in the arguments, the disagreements, the fights, the name calling, the cursing out, the insecurities, the jealousy, the fault finding, the blame shifting, the spending less time with each other, the distrust, the attitudes, the disrespect, the dishonoring, the coveting other marriages, the FOMO, the fear of missing out on the life that you could have had if you didn't get married. 
the comparison to others, the complaining to others, the not talking nice to each other, the not displaying affection, the nitpicking, the nagging, the nagging, etc. And all of those things could be said for just the wife. So my question for you is, where is your husband's wife at? Yes, you have the ring and the marriage certificate. You can make love to him and it's not a sin. You have taken his last name and your prefix has changed. You're no longer miss, now you're missus. Get it. And you can also make decisions that can save or end your husband's life. Like God forbid, having to make a decision of whether or not to keep him on life support. I get it. But where's his wife at? Is his godly wife showing up? How are you showing up in your marriage? Because if you are going through the things I mentioned earlier, after the dust settled or after the honeymoon was over, then quite possibly your husband is not getting the version of you that God has intended for you to be. Not only does your husband not know her, neither do you. Who that just hit somebody, huh? Neither do you. What do you think will happen when his wife truly shows up? The version of you that God wants to shine through. Ah, she is not perfect by any means, but she is a woman who is hungry for the righteous life. She wants to live her life in such a way that is pleasing to God. Here are a few things the Bible says about her. I'm going to start with Titus chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Time to take your role seriously. Some of y'all are thinking that you're still in your 20s and you're not older, so this does not pertain to you. When in fact it does. If you have a little cousin or sister that is getting married and she is younger than you, then you are older woman in this case. If you have little nieces and nephews, somebody that's watching you, there's somebody that's watching you. Just like when I was living or shacking up with my um, now husband. Oh my gosh, there was a bunch of people in our family watching us. And we said it was okay. And I still raised my hand as a Christian. What example did I set? So now when they're living with their boyfriends, it's like, oh, auntie and uncle did it. They had sex out of wedlock. They had a child. So they're good right now. So as a wife now, what am I teaching the people that are watching me? So if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm not in my 40s and 50s. I'm, I'm in my 30s and 20s and 30s. And, you know, I'm married. I'm a young wife. But honey, hunty somebody, somebody younger than you is watching you. I'm just telling you right now. You don't have no excuse for that. So um, what are you teaching them? What example are you setting for them? You don't think someone is watching you, but you'd be surprised at who is watching you and your actions. There are women younger than you that look up to you. So if you're always showing them dysfunction, then they will think dysfunction is the norm and it's okay. They'd be like, well, they so crazy, meaning you and your husband. They always fighting and cussing each other out. That must be true love and what that looks like. 
Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. That one is self-explanatory. Um, number three, Proverbs chapter 12, verse four. A worthy wife is a crown for her husband, a crown for her husband. But a disgraceful woman is like a cancer in his bones. Oh my. Who are you? Are you a worthy wife that's a crown for your husband or are you disgraceful? Can I just say, many of us have done things and it might not be you, but a lot of us have done things that are considered disgraceful, maybe. That's the way in that we treat him, the way that we talk to him, the things that we've done, right? So the first step in that is acknowledging it, owning it, apologizing for it, repent, go above and beyond for him and for your marriage and never do it again. It's forgivable, right? You move past that and move on. But your actions though, your actions determined how you move on from that. Okay. So basically it's just, if you did something that betrayed his trust, then you're building back up that trust again. Right. But you guys can do that, but you've already repented. If you've spoken to him in such a way that degraded him, you know, put him all the way down, (laughs) acknowledge it, own it, apologize for it, repent, never do it again. Or go above and beyond to build him up. All right. Uh, number four, First Peter, chapter three, verses one through two. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won over. It says one w o n, but won over without a word by the conduct, by the conduct, by the of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. What I love, uh, one of the things, one of the many, many things that I love about the Bible is how God just spells this out for us. Some of you are with men who, and I'm going to do an episode, I think my next episode is going to be about that, right? Um, What do you call that? Uh, um, um, Yoked, yoked, unevenly yoked and yoked right? Because I think we really need to talk about that because I know I've been there. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that goes the same. You might have a husband that's not quite doing the things that he needs to be doing, but he should be won over by you, by your conduct. Okay. Um, Number five, Colossians chapter three, verses 18 through 19. I think it's just chapter, okay, verses 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. Self-explanatory. But I know some of you guys are having an issue with some of these words when it says submit, um, when it says be subject to. We'll talk about that in a minute. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 25 to 26. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. How many of you wives are speaking wisdom or speaking slander, gossip, cursing, like a sailor, unkind words? 
always talking about somebody, always got something to say, and it's not positive. How many of you speak wisdom, true wisdom? How many of you are pouring into your husbands? How many of you are bashing him and tearing him down versus building him up? How many? What what if you spoke wisdom and faithful instruction was on your tongue? What if? Clothed in strength and dignity. Some of y'all are clothed in other things. And it's not that. It's not the strength and it's not the dignity. Some of y'all are clothed in other things. And it's time to kind of look at yourself and be like, okay, that that doesn't describe me what does. Okay, first, Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. There's that word submissive again. But what I love about this is that it says basically, don't dress yourself up. Like all this outward stuff, that's all great, but it's not the outward stuff. It's what's in here. What do people see when they see you? Because if they don't see, if they, yes, you can, you can look great, but if they're not like, oh, she's beautiful inside and out, or, you know, she has a beautiful heart. Like this, this woman has a heart of Christ. Like this woman is amazing. This woman of God, if they're not seeing that, if all they, if all anybody ever says to you is, wow, you're beautiful. Okay. You know how many women are beautiful? Do you know how many, do you know, look, those are so, the, all of those comments are very superficial. You can get dressed up and somebody's like, wow, you're stunning. You're beautiful. You look amazing. I, all this is all great. That's all well and good. I, I think I told you that. Um, Actually, I did. I had an episode called um, Got Compliments. Those compliments used to mean something to me. And don't get me wrong. If somebody says, oh, I love your outfit. You look good. I'll be like, thank you. That's all. That's great. That means that the effort that I put in, somebody recognized it and said, yes. Okay. But that that's not, that don't float my boat. Tell me you see Jesus on me. Tell me that. I will be floating on cloud nine. Tell me that. Tell me that. That's what I want to hear. Her heart, oh my gosh, she has such a big heart, such a loving heart, such a kind heart. She exemplifies Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, that is what this is about. Uh, number eight, Ephesians chapter five, verses 30, verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. Told that's for the husbands. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, why do you think it says for the husbands to love the wife, but see that the wife respects the husband? Why? It's easy for us to love. This is why I think it's easy for us to love. We don't, you don't have to tell us to love. We love babies and bunnies and puppies. We love, we love. That's, that's how God made us. We can love him. I love my husband all day, but do I respect him? Ooh. Uh, yes, I believe I do. 
Yes, I make it a point of respecting him. That's 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 what God is asking me to do. Why? Because it's hard for women, especially nowadays, to show that respect. We be talking all over him. He can't even get a word in edgewise. You know what I mean? Like he says certain things he wants in his house and certain things he wants done. And we're like, Mm-mm. no, I don't agree with that. So I don't respect that. I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to give him, I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. Like, listen, you know, ma'am, God said it. It says it right here in the Bible that we have to respect our husbands. We have to respect him. Okay. Uh, number nine, First Corinthians verse uh, chapter seven, verse five. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Do not deprive one another from sex. Do not, oh, I'm mad at him. He ain't getting none. He can go sleep himself on the couch and don't even think about touching me. Do not deprive him of sex. I'm mad at him for a whole week. I'm addressing the most grandiest pajamas that I can. Put my period panties on. Like he's going to know. Put rollers in my head. I'm be the unsexiest that I can possibly be. I know he's, he ain't getting none of this. Don't do that. It says, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. Meaning you guys might be going on some sort of fast. Like, you know what? Let's abstain, you know, just so we can get closer to God. And we're just not going to have sex for a week or two weeks. We're just going to, you know, you know, just try and get closer to God. We're not going to let that get in the way. However, it said, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So in other words, don't keep the cookie from him for too long. Don't do that because you don't want him out here like looking at, you know, other women because he's like deprived. Don't do that. Don't do that. Number 10, Genesis um, chapter two, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. That's you. That's you. Are you a helper? Are you a hindrance? Are you a helpmate? Are you a hindrance? Which one? Which one? Ask him if you're unsure. Like, do I help? Would you say I was a help? Actually, he might not even answer that because he don't want to get into an argument. But just you think about it. Is there anything else you can ask him? Is there anything in this life that I can help you with? Because I really want to help you. What can I do to help? If he's like, nothing, babe, you're good. Then, hey, you're good. But if he's like, well, you know, it would help me a lot if when I came home, the house was clean or that my dinner was hot and ready, you know, when I'm walking in the door or, you know, that... You know, you take care of the kids for half an hour after I get in. So that way I can kind of relax for a little bit. And I know you've had them all day, but sometimes you just be sticking them on me as soon as I walk in the door and I just want to take a breath. You know, sometimes I take the long way home. So that way, you know, I can have some time to myself after work. You know, little things he might just ask you to do. Ask him, babe, I want to help you so much in this season, every season of our life, really. What can I do in this season that will help you? What? Can you have my, can you pack me a lunch? That might help because I spend all this money on fast food every single day. But if you would pack me a lunch so I could take it with me, that would save on our you know budget. That would help a lot. Little things, little things. You can do it. Little things. Encur- can you encourage me? Just send me some words of encouragement during the day. Just let me know you love me. I mean, that would mean a lot. I'm just going through a lot. Just little things. Ask him. 
Are you a helper or are you a hindrance? Okay. And my last one is number 11, Proverbs 31, um, verse 27 through 31, I think. Yeah. Um, she watches over his the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Uh, her children arise and call her blessed. Hallelujah. Her, her husband also, and he appraises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Hallelujah. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Is that you? Is that you? Ladies, it's time to show up in your marriages. You are missing out if you are only given a fraction of what God is asking of you. It is very easy for the world to tell us how to be wives. The world's way is like poison, which yields no fruit. God's way stands the test of time. You can't go wrong following God's instruction. Not only will your marriage thrive, you will thrive. One of the reasons why so many marriages fail is not because you picked wrong. It's because you behaved wrong and had the wrong mindset. Wives are trying to wife without God. Trying to wife without God's direction is like driving in an unfamiliar town without a GPS. No navigation. Wives are scoffing at what the Bible says and declaring what they're not going to do. I'm not going to respect respect him. <laughs> Obey him. <laughs> submit. Me submit to him. Be subject to him. Okay. I'm not doing that. Get out of here. So then you prefer to be in disobedience to God. I realize that some wives feel that their husbands are not obeyable, not respectable, not submittable to. Then what should they do? That's easy. You need to bring your petitions to God and let him direct you. But don't ignore the father. Don't ignore the word. And don't try and figure it out for yourself and try and do your own thing. Because a lot of times people end up divorced when they do that. He just doesn't understand me. Um, I'm not going to submit to him because he's crazy or he don't know how to lead a family. So I'm not going to submit to him. And besides that, I know how to lead this family better than him. If anybody should be submitting, it should be to him. It should be him to me. Some women actually feel that way. Right? Because you're a boss B. You're boss chick, boss B. You the boss. You wear the pants in the house. He has pants, but you know, you're the one that brings the rules and how everything is in that house. Some of y'all living like that. I know it. Some of y'all living like that. Some of y'all not allowing your husbands to lead because you want to lead. But that's not what it says here. <laughs> that is not what it says. You need to bring it, the, your petitions to God. Let him direct you. Don't ignore the father. Don't ignore the word. Be the wife that God is calling you to be. Watch your husbands. Look around and ask, wait a minute, where's my wife at? Because the wife I know would have cursed me out. The wife I know, this is not the same person. He should be asking, where's the old version of that wife who used to cause him so much grief? Where is the miserable, argumentative, cursing out, name-calling, insecure, jealous, fault-finding, blame-shifting, non-trusting, attitude-having, disrespectful, dishonoring, coveter, uh, complainer, non-affectionate, nitpicking, nagging wife that ruled that home? Wherever she is, leave her where she at. I'll take the new wife to death do us part, please. It's how he feels. Now I realize that's not all, all, all the words that I used. 
doesn't describe everybody all at one time. I use so many words because obviously we can all pull for some of them, right? We can. But we're never going to be perfect wives. But we can aim to be Proverb 31 wives, godly wives and righteous wives. Not just wives. And this is this is it. Hear this, right? Here's the key. Not just wives, women. We can be Proverbs 31 women, godly women, righteous women. For us wives, it starts with how we are as women. And that bleeds into every area of our life. Our wifing or us as wives, us as moms, us as sisters in Christ, us as sisters and daughters and friends. Who are you as woman? The goal should be to become righteous in the sight of our God and to do his will here on earth. This starts at home by getting into his amazing word and learning what God has to say about us, then following his direction in every area of our lives and watch our lives change for the better. Our marriages thrive and our kids growing up knowing the goodness of our Lord and who they are in Christ. It starts with you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not a wife, all of this pertains to you too. If you are a wife, listen, I this is wife up. But in order for you to become the wife that you need to be, you need to learn who you are as a woman and in Christ. Because you're not just going to be a wife over here a Proverbs 31 wife, but that's not going to bleed into. No. Who are you as a woman in Christ? You said yes. I said yes a long time ago, but I was still living in sin, straight sin. Always though, always though, I had a relationship with God. I would tell God, this is not where I want to be. I'm sorry, God. I would repent. God, you know, I I don't want to live like this in front of my kids. Like I want to change. It wasn't like I was like outwardly living that way, but not acknowledging him. No, I was acknowledging him. I was just asking him for grace. I was like, God, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I want to be. I love this man. We're not married yet. Um, But that is my goal. And, you know, I promise you that if I'm not married by this time by, and I, and I talked, I said, I gave him, So that following January, if I'm not by the new year, if I'm not married by the new year, we're done. We'll raise our daughter together, but I'm not living like this anymore. You got to take a stand at some point in time. I'm not going to do this anymore because now we have a child. We have other children watching us and we've shown them that it's okay to live in sin. I want for us women to stand up and say, you know what? I'm living for Christ. And that means I have to I have to adjust some things in my life. All right? You know already. You already know what you have to adjust. You do. But if you don't, ask God. Ask God. I want to live for you, God. And what will happen is you'll start praying more. You'll start getting in your word more, getting to know him and his heart. You'll start worshiping more, right? And you're like, okay, God, I need you to show me the direction you have for my life. Or I need you to show me, you know, what you want me to do. You know, you might go on a fast and just spend time in the word. And he answers you, shows you some things. And it's like, whoa, whoa. When you really start getting revelations from God, it is like, whoa. Like, seriously, it is like, 
a whole new world. It is something that you've never experienced before. And it's like, that was God. And it's it, it's unequivocally God. It's not like, is that, was that God? Or was that the enemy? Or was that me? No, at that point, you know his voice. And it's just like, that was God. I felt God on that. The Holy Spirit, I felt him on that. You want to get your life as a woman on the right track. And that is going to spill over into your marriage. Like I said, into your parenting, into your friendships, into everything. And people are going to look at you and see this Proverbs 31 woman. They're going to see the transformation into who you are. Like, oh my gosh, I remember last year, some of them will try and point that out. Okay. Oh, now you're holier than thou. I remember last year you was up in these clubs. You was sleeping around. You was, I mean, not as wife. If you're a woman and you're not, if you're a woman who is not married, but even if you're married now, but you got, you always gonna have some friend that try and throw your past in your face. You need to be very clear about that. But like, yeah, that's what I used to be. And what? Girl, I remember we used to get it in. We used to hold, have to hold your ponytail back every single Friday night. Yeah, that was, that's, that's who I used to be. And what? Girl, I used to talk to this guy, that guy. You always had a guy, different guy coming back to your room. Girl, I remember, I remember, yeah. That's who I used to be. And what? Nothing you can say about me in my past. I know what I've done, but I've been rinsed clean. God has cleansed me of all of those things because I repented. So there's nothing anybody can bring to me and try and stir some stir the pot. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. Huh. That was so long ago. That's who I used to be. Even if it was last week, that's who I used to be. I'm not like that anymore. I live my life for Christ right now. Please be aware of that. Okay. I want you guys to understand that. I feel I felt the Holy Spirit told me to say that for somebody. I don't know who that's for. And if that is for you, please send me a message and be like, that was for me. That was for me. So I know. Um, but I know a lot of you are like, you know what? I'm walking with Christ right now. And I want you to understand just a couple of different things, okay? Which I am going to do another episode on that. What happens when you start walking with Christ? So if if you guys are new to this and you're like, or you just, you know, you've given your life a while ago, but you weren't really walking with Christ. Once you start walking with Christ, I just want you to be aware of some things, okay? This is super duper important, okay? Once you start giving your life to Christ, that's when all the like, you know how the summertime comes and bugs come out of the woodwork? And it's just like, where, where did all these ants come from? Where did, with these mosquitoes and these gnats, like where were they sleep? Like, why are they here? You bring some bananas out, let the bananas get, get ripe. And all of a sudden there's like gnats in the house. You don't even know where they came from, fruit flies. And that's how it is when you give your life to Christ. Sometimes when you, you know, you've lived your life a certain way, there's people that come up out of the woodwork that want to try and remind you of who you used to be. <laughs> oh, they're funny. They are funny. You know, you can just flick them like little fleas. Listen, that's not who I am. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. That's not who I am. <laughs> they will try it. So I want you to be aware and don't be afraid. Understand that it's coming. Don't even get in your flesh. Just let them know, yeah, that's who I used to be. Girl's a mess. Was. So God cleaned me. <laughs> so I started walking with the Lord. Maybe you should try. Give Jesus a try. You know what I mean? Because he's changed my life 100%. Should give him a try. My life is great. I'm so happy and so filled, fulfilled and filled. Like, oh my gosh, like God is so good. Oh, but I remember. Okay. Remember whatever you want to remember. We've all made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. And number two 
is and that is that can be considered an attack but also just little attacks or attacks period because the enemy had you for so long and in a place and he don't like that when you decide to leave him and you're like oh, i'm gonna live my life for christ then he decides to start sending attacks and that happens i want you guys to be aware of it i want you to cover yourself cover your husband plead the blood of jesus around you guys every single day so these um attacks can get thwarted you know it'll just hit little i want to say it's almost like you have a force field around you that just hits and bounces off right don't let him penetrate but the enemy had you if he had you for years had you dysfunctional for years and all of a sudden you're like no i want to give my life to christ he's like really wait a minute wait a minute and because what ends up happening is and i've seen in her, and i've seen and heard these stories of where someone gave their life to christ and then the, and then the enemy turned the heat up because the enemy didn't like it and the person was like well wow my life was like this over here but the minute i gave my life to christ all this heat is on me ah, let me go back over here where it wasn't that hot that is the truth people get afraid they get like afraid and afraid people get scared of the heat when the enemy tries to turn up the heat you just need to be weary of it and be like ah okay i see what you're trying to do but you ain't gonna win this you're not gonna win this He'll send all types of distractions in your way just so you don't pray, just so you don't spend time with God. Um, he'll send people in your way to try and, you know, hold you back or remind you of your path. Like he attack after attack after attack. Sometimes he goes through people, he, especially if they're not walking with Christ. It's easy for them to, him to go through people that are not walking with Christ. And I mentioned that in another podcast when, you know, you and your husband might be walking with Christ and then the, and say your mother-in-law is not walking with Christ. He'll use her or a brother or a sister or um or your own mom if she's not walking with christ and try and come in and, and cause wreck havoc between you and your husband or the ex who you know is miserable anyway it'll be it'll be somebody that's not walking with god that he can use to try and draw a wedge between the two of you be be well be careful be weary be weary of that know where it's coming from have discernment don't attack your husband because it's not him it's not him but if he's not walking with God and you are, okay, that's probably going to be my next episode. That is going to be my next episode. So my next two episodes are um, going to be not give, not going to, not throwing away my shot. I watched Hamilton. I have one called not throwing away my shot. And then I have one called unevenly yoked. Um, so the yoked one is probably going to be next. And the next one after that is going to be not throwing away my shot. So I got some stuff going on. Anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with me. I truly appreciate you guys. I, I truly appreciate all the support. And um, I just want to say hello to obviously all my all my um, listeners in America. Hi to you guys. And I have listeners in Taiwan, in Singapore, in Germany, in Canada, and in the UK. And so, hello, guys. Like, seriously. I am so, so blessed. Please share this with someone that you know, someone that could use um, a word, you know, or could use some encouragement, um, is going through it in their marriages. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm about ready to sign these papers and get divorced from this dude because I'm over it. Please, please, please send her to this podcast so we can talk. Like, seriously, I have a lot of... Um, podcast already that I've filmed and, you know, might be something in there that might bless her, something that might make her want to fight for her marriage because that's what we're going to do. We're not going to let the enemy tear our marriages apart. We're not doing that. 
We're not, we are not doing that. Our kids need us. Our legacy needs us. Kids, grandkids, great grandkids. They need us to be together and be solid. And before you decide, oh, because listen, you get divorced from that man that you're with. You find God later. And then you're like, whoa. And you realize now your kids have been going to two separate homes and you know, your grandkids are come, you know, are being born and they have to go to two separate, you know, houses with two separate people. And I know people do it and they're able to do it successfully, but there's something about that legacy. It's something about having grandma and grandpa together and grandkids coming to the house and being able to see that there's something, a healthy, healthy uh, marriage. There's something about that. There's something about that. So you guys get to set that pace. You guys get to say, yes, I'm going to do this. And this is for my legacy. And I get to teach my children what a healthy marriage looks like. You guys get to do that now. So thank you for hanging out again. And I will see you guys on the next episode. We'll be on Thursday. So have a great rest of your day and great rest of your Tuesday. Bye for now.